You're listening to Hardwired for Growth, a podcast dedicated to helping early stage entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking for sustainable and scalable growth strategies and tactics. Here's your host, Brett Trainer. Thank you for listening. In this Lessons in Growth episode, I'm going to share my perspective on one of the most frequent challenges or questions that I hear. How do I scale my business or maybe other variations such as what is the best way to grow my company? And even on the flip side, you know, my business is stuck. How do I get it unstuck? How do I grow my business? And this is not an isolated problem. You know, the research tells us that less than 5% of all businesses that's funded, unfunded, you know, tech, Main Street actually reach a million dollars in annual revenue and less than 1% reach 10 million in annual revenue. And that to throw out the, the third stat, you know, only 10% of companies actually make it or survive. Now that could be over a 10 year period, but if you look at the math and the numbers, you know, the one, the five and the 10, you know, the odds aren't necessarily with a lot of startups. Now, I don't want this to sound like a gloom and doom and, you know, here's the stats. Why are you doing this? Because I do believe there is an opportunity for these numbers to be much better. I believe that the ideas, you know, whether it's product or solution or service that founders have come up with you know, are, are greatly better than the number that actually achieve, you know, the scale numbers. I honestly believe this is not an idea problem. I believe it's more of an execution problem. And especially if you don't necessarily come from a a sales and marketing background, you could have the best solution in the world, but if you can't get it in front of the right customers or talk and tell your story the right way, it's going to be very hard for you to grow the business. So in this episode, I want to talk about the five reasons you know, startups do successfully scale. And I think the important thing to remember here is it's usually not just one of these five reasons that they do. It's usually probably three, four, in some cases, five you know, combined that the, that the founder is actually executing against that allows them to, to scale their business. So I'm going to do this in reverse order and I'll talk about the final three because I believe those are foundational, but starting at number five, and there's not much that some of you can do about this, but you know, this is not the founder's first company. I believe there is a lot to be said for experience. And if the founder is on his second or third company, hopefully they've learned a lot in those previous companies. And there is no substitute for experience, but that's not to say that first-time founders can't scale their company. I absolutely believe they can if they follow the right blueprint and take a really a foundational approach to to how they're scaling the company. Look at how they prioritize times and where they're spending their time. You know, it's absolutely doable for the first-time founders. The number four reason I had was they had a plan, right? It sounds simple, but the number of entrepreneurs and small business owners that I work with that don't have a plan of where they want their company to go is is alarmingly large. And if you think about it from a fundamental standpoint, right, what is your goal and objective for the organization? So let's use the million-dollar mark. So if your goal is to get your company to a million-dollar mark, you know, you sell your average product for $500, you know, you can do the math backwards to understand how many of those products that I actually need to sell. And if you look at it and you realize you can't sell that many products, either you have a capacity problem or the market's not that large, you know, look at, you know, alternative services that you can sell into that space. So, you know, number four, again, it sounds simple, but have a plan, have a goal. It can change, right? Maybe million dollars is not the first one. Maybe it's to get to 500,000 or 200,000. 
work your way back and then have a plan and a strategy or a strategy and a plan in order to achieve those goals. You know, remember that hope is not a strategy. Reason number three is near and dear to my heart is, you know, create and build workflows for your key processes, you know, especially one around buyer enablement, right? So we always talk about sales process, sales process. But if you think about it from the customer perspective and think about how they buy and how they want to buy, you know, work backwards with those workflows. Now, if you're a one-person shop and you're just starting to scale, you know, this could be at a very high level and says, hey, here's the five tasks that happened from a lead generation, whether it's referrals, you're doing online marketing, all the way through the conversion that you signed a customer up, onboarded, then delivered, whether it's a product or a service, and outline those key tasks. It's very important to do this early rather than late because once you're growing and things get chaotic, it's really hard to go back and take a time out and do this. But to me, this is the foundation of building a scalable organization is have your workflows. Because once you understand that, then you can go to the next level of details. You know, Don't worry about who you're assigning it to or what function it is. It's really about understanding the key tasks and activities that need to happen, you know, from cradle to grave of the the customer journey, you know, part of that is then you can look at what can I automate, right? Or as I start to grow, where am I going to have to add resources and talent to help facilitate some of those non-automated processes? So again, you don't have to go super deep up three level, you know, process flows, but really start to understand what your business works, looks like and how to you know, your customer engages you without that process. Number two is, you know, I don't want to say piling on, you know, number three, but it's build a data and analytics platform. I think my first, or I know my first um, solo episode last week really talked about the importance of data and analytics in your decision-making and your processes. And I think it even goes further in that with, you know, the KPIs and the metrics. So to, in order to, you know, achieve your plan and your goals, are you measuring the right metrics to understand how you're doing? Are you looking at it from a customer perspective? You know, churn rates, average deal side, everything starts with data. And we're truly in, you know, the the golden age, if we will, of data. It's accessible. It's much cheaper. It's easier to store. It's not an easy process. But again, as you're starting to grow, having that infrastructure in place in order to capture the key metrics, capture the data and turn that into information, and then starting to leverage and make more predictions about future actions between customers, employees, et cetera, is critical. Like I said, I think reason three, which is the workflows, two, which is the data and the analytics. And then the last one, probably not going to be much of a surprise if you've listened to the show, is be customers obsessed, right? It's, it's not just you know, providing a great level of service to the customer, which is important. You're making sure their experience, their entire journey and lifetime is very positive, definitely critical, but it goes deeper. It's really learning to understand what your customer's problems are, how it's impacting their business, regardless, you know, B2B, B2C, B2B2C, you know, they're going to have problems. And the more you understand what those are and how big of a problem it is, it'll allow you to position your solutions in order to to sell more. Too often, new entrepreneurs or founders are leading with features and benefits of what their solution does and looking for a problem. I think if you start with the customer, understand what the problem is, understand how big of a problem it is. So when you're having these conversations and you're doing some research, you know, ask the customer, is this a, a nice to have product or is this a need to have? And ideally, you're going to hear, I want, you know, when can you deliver this product? Can I have this tomorrow? This is going to change my business. 
those are the types of solutions and markets that you want to be going after. And I know that's customer obsessed. And I think even taking a, a step beyond that is once you understand those customer problems, you got to look at it from a market perspective. You know, how many people are actually having these problems? As you know, you've heard me say before, there's, there's riches in the niches and really understanding a niche first and expanding makes sense. But if there's only three people in the world that need your solution, it's only they're willing to pay you know, $500, it's going to be really hard to, to build a company off of that. So I think you know, tying that back together, starting with the customer, understanding the market potential. And then the last piece I'll leave with customer obsessed is the competition, you know, they're going after those customers as well. Understand it from their viewpoint. How do your customers view the competition and how do you stack up? And at the end of the day, the, the companies that grow and thrive and scale are selling on value. They're selling on uh, customer experience. You know, you've heard that mentioned in, in some of the five reasons or the four reasons before this, but that's really what you're trying to drive to. If, like I said, if you're selling on features and benefits or differentiation is, is price or technology, you're not going to hit that. Likely, you're not going to be the 10%. And there's almost no chance you're going to be you know, in the five or, or the 1%. So again, this was kind of a, a top, my top five reasons I think companies scale. I'm sure there's others. And again, don't think of these as standalone. If you do one of these, you're going you're gonna to be able to hit that hurdle. It's really, how do I leverage all five of these reasons to give my business the best chance to scale? So just in summary, number five is, you know, I called it, it's not the founder's first company, but it's really experience. There are people out there that can help you and help you navigate and help you prioritize, especially as you start to grow and scale your business. Four, have a plan. Right. It starts with the plan that then you know develop a strategy and then the tactics in order to achieve those goals. Right. Three, the workflows. Again, start with your key processes. And then as you scale, you can build out more processes. And then you're really starting to scale. You, you know, you'll do this for the entire organization, but really start with the customer-facing processes. Two is build a data and analytics structure and leverage the data information to make better decisions. And then the third or the fifth or number one is the customer obsession, right? To me, one, two, and three are uh, foundational. You have to do this. Very rarely do customers or companies scale you know, beyond the, the million dollar, the $10 million barrier without doing all three of these, specifically the four. So again, it, depending on where you are, if you're just thinking about starting your journey, starting your journey, start with these, and then then you can go deeper, deeper as you scale. So again, thank you for listening. Until next time, this has been Brett Trainer, and this is Hardwired for Growth. Thanks. You've been listening to Hardwired for Growth. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit brettrainer.com. That's B-R-E-T-T, followed by his last name, T-R-A-I-N-O-R.com. Mm-hmm.